from WBEZ Chicago and the Fear of the Unknown. This is Pleasure Town. Around the turn of last century, a group of folk built their dream, a town where happiness was the main objective. But when you start with perfect, the only way to go is down. So take a moment and join us as we lament the loss of Pleasure Town. Belief is a dangerous thing. Doesn't have to be. I believe there's no better place for a man to rest his head than a heaving bosom. That's not exactly what I was talking about. Take the Inquisition. Oh boy, here comes a history lesson. It was belief that prompted those men to consider themselves as harbingers of truth. And their truth was proclaimed with the tip of a sword. Okay, but maybe it's just religious beliefs that are bad for one's health. Clever, but no. For every zealot, there are thousands who carry their belief with grace. Moreover, man has the uncanny ability of turning most anything into a higher power. Ah, I see. Like a drink, or knowledge, or even wrath. At its best, irony is a hearty laugh shared with friends. The worst of it, though, is enough to knock you down. What are you getting at, Si? The pleasure town in my head was one of community. Family and friends breaking bread, but what it became... Well, I've never known a stronger loneliness. Well, Si, you three-legged mule. You hadn't locked yourself up with all those dusty books. You probably would have gotten more visitors. That library did become my dungeon. Only companion you had was the man upstairs. Not sure as hell don't mean God. Yes, the reporter. But reporters don't have friends. Just sources. Well, you at least got some visits out of me. That's because I sent for you. Still counts, don't it? By the way, did you really have to use notes to call for me? Make me feel like I was your damn servant. Easier than swimming my way through a sea of drunks, I guess. Better a sea of drunks than a bunch of worrywart sourpusses like you. Hmm. This has reminded me of that fight. Which one? Now that we're dead, my memory's as hazy as a dust storm in a dirt field. You know the one. When we felt the winds were changing. When we were worried they were blowing the refuse of humanity our way. There you go, with your damn poetry again. You wonder why you had no friends. Si? Si? Damn it all to Kansas, Si. Are you in here? Back here. What the hell are you doing back there? Back here is where one goes to study. And no one comes in this black bit of paper scrap except you, hiding in your corner, fretting away the day. Get out here where I can see you better. Why not come back here? Cause screw you, that's why. Afraid? Mad. Mad and want to get this over with so I can get back with the girls. And which girls would that be? Haven't decided yet. Well, hell, Si, you look like death. No, forgive me. You look like death gave up on you and sent you back. Serving as the only agent of concern for an entire town takes its toll. Agent of concern? That title come with a crown? Sure as hell comes with a cross. 
won't let me live a day without pouring out how much you suffer. Did you come here just to ridicule? No, you idiot. You sent me a damn note. Ain't the first. No, but I got this little thought in my head that if I come over here and let you blabber on, then it might be the last. So you're willing to hear me out? I'm willing to stand here for a bit while you talk. <sighs> I'll take what I can get. Now let me ask you something. How do you feel in the morning? Come again? How do you feel in the morning? Drunk. That's not what I'm asking. Yeah, it is. And that's your answer. I'm not asking whether or not... My happiness lasts through the night? I know damn well what you're asking. You've asked it to me a thousand different ways, and yet the answer never changes. Drunk. Drunk and ready to get at it again. And are you any better off than we were when we started? Let me ask you something, Sai. Do all these books make you happy? Do Aristotle and Socrates cuddle up to you at night and tell you that they love you? Or maybe you're just trying to impress all the lady folk with that big old brain of yours. Claude, I... You what? I have a damn full grasp on what you think this life should be. Sweat? Good. Lazy? Bad. That's not what it I... It damn sure is. You want me and everyone else to look far into the future, see some sort of vision of perfection, and trace the steps from here to there, right? Well... Right? It's not as simple as all that. Well, I trade in the simple. And I know you think that I and Rudd and the rest of the boys have a horrible day of reckoning coming. But you have to allow for the idea that people might just disagree with you. And, brace yourself, you might just be wrong. I'm not, Claude. Well, if that's true, we'll hold the best damn Sai-told-us-so party the world has ever seen. Claude... We're done. Bye. This isn't about the differences in the ways we choose to live our lives. This is about Pleasure Town and keeping this patchwork of a dream stitched together. The town is fine. No, it's not fine. Things are unraveling. You see it. I know you do. We staked our spade into the barren soil and struck oil with our message of tolerance and bliss. A message that's transformed into a siren's call. And now we're going to grow beyond what we can handle. Well, damn. That's terrible. There'll be a little less elbow room at the parties. Heaven help us. No, our size is a concern, but our lack of structure is a greater one. Lack of structure? We got all the rules we need. Yes, and those rules still compose the foundation of Pleasure Town, but, well, just look at the whole Matty Barker fiasco. Henry had it coming. That may be, but we were scrambling to fabricate a system of justice after the murder to give the impression that there was a, a captain steering this ship. And it worked, didn't it? It was a joke. The whole thing was a mockery. Like I said, Henry had it coming anyway. We are seeing an influx of immigrants from all over. We are not able to contain our borders. Who knows what ilk is entering our town. And I'm afraid to say, our friend upstairs has done most of the damage. A reporter? What the hell did he do? He painted Pleasure Town as heaven on earth. A place where anyone could be anything. Seems like that's exactly what we wanted this place to be. Not everyone should be afforded that opportunity. Not everyone, Sai. We built this town for the wayward brother and sister. There's wayward, and then there's wild. Always liked me a little wild. Not this type of wild you won't. The savage wild. The type of wild that corrupts a person's pleasure, makes them turn to the dark, makes them drink in the shadows. 
You really think those taps are here now? If not, I know they're coming. These books teach you how to tell the future, huh? Just think about it, Claudius. Word about our little utopia spread across the nation. Last week, a girl from Kentucky crossed our borders. That ain't nothing. Old Mud, rest his troubled soul, was from Ireland. Yeah, and up until recently, he and everybody else either stumbled across us or traveled less than a week to get here. That girl left her front porch with us in mind. Near 700 miles. You got a good product, it's gonna sell. We got a damn good product. Yeah, but think about what we're advertising. Sleep most of the day, drink most of the night, no loss except for a few stern words when you step into town. Music to my ears. Now conjure up the vision of those words hitting every ear from here to North Dakota. Sure, the pew warmers will shudder and say a prayer. The drunks will raise their glass in tribute. And the evil will saddle up and start to planning. I can always count on you for my daily dose of doom and gloom, sir. Possible and probable. But we already had our fair share of death, and that's just from the normal folk. Yes, some were accidents, and you're right, Henry had it coming. So did Old Mud, for that matter. A man can't steal from every person that comes within five feet without expecting a bullet. But some of the mother deaths, well, they have an odd feel to them. People die, Si. And I'm not the kind of people to ask questions. You didn't seem so complacent about death when it concerned your parents' plantation. I told you to shut up about that. Not looking to dick up the past, just show up the future. And the analogy is apt. Was it right what your daddy did? Let alone, Si. What he did to those slaves. Was it right? No. I'm sorry. I truly am. But a stronger winds are coming, Claudius. And we need to prepare. All right. Supposing for the briefest of moments, I agree with you. What the hell do you think we should or could do about it? Build a wall? No. Put up signs? Of course not. Move the town two miles to the right and hope no one else finds us? A rule of law. No. Law is the only... No. It's the only... Screw you. Hell no. Claudius. Laws bind people up. If you do it wrong, yes. And we know better? Better than the complete history of man. You really think us two idiots will get it right? Can't promise that, no. But I know if we do nothing, regret is guaranteed. Damn it. Okay, fine. But I get to pick the man. And no way I'm letting you bring in a disciple in disguise, spreading your idiot philosophies, and turn the town against me. Against you? <laughs> now you're just getting paranoid, Claudius. We built this town together to build joy. Exactly. I just don't see how rules and joy fit together. Sometimes joy has to take a backseat to building, brother. And building is all about sweat, bruises, and hunger. You hunger all you want to. Leaves more for me. Your path may be all roses and whiskey now, but it'll stop short of true joy. I'm sure of that. And which path would you prefer? Perhaps the white stones of Shaman John? What do you mean? You seem so tortured with this life. Might do you some good to let it go. <laughs> and who's going to look after you? Ha! <laughs> The good Lord, if you believe in my mama. I think the good Lord gave up on you quite some time ago. Gave up on us both. Damn sure hope so. Well, that's about all I can handle of you. 
Have fun with your worrying. One last thing. Of course. When? When what? When are you going to get us that lawman? In the morning, damn it. Do it in the morning. How? Telegram okay with you? Because if not, I'll do my best to sprout wings and fly. And who? Whoever I damn well please. Good night, you sullen son of a bitch. I fear good nights are far behind us. For all our sakes, let's hope I'm wrong. Pleasure Town will return in a moment. As you might be able to assess, I'm not a man who regrets much. But that telegram... You didn't know? No. But I had a dozen men I could attack to be our lawman. I was a father to Pleasure Town. And if you're doing it right, parenting that is, you don't leave your child in the care of a wolf. Ezekiel Mile, boy, you're the only one I can trust. The only one I can tell all my secrets to. When the world burns to nothing, you'll be right by my side, won't you, boy? Ezekiel and Deuteronomy, together like it should be. I don't know what I'd do without you, boy. Especially when the itch gets bad. Anyway, you don't want to hear about that right now, do you? Let's talk about something happy. Remember when we first met? When I was the law in that little settlement in Louisiana? I first saw you behind old Pierre's lean-to. That son of a bitch had you tied up in the back, but you bit your rope clean off. Had his brand new black bear pelt in your mouth. You was whipping it around, spinning it like a whirly gig, like a drunk matador I seen in a painting. Pierre hadn't even tanned it yet, and flecks of blood shot off of it in all directions. So when it finally stumbled out the back door, you had the shack and your own self speckled like a red robin's egg. I almost laughed at the old drunkard's face, except, you know, Ezekiel, I never laugh. Pierre lifted his musket and yelled to high heaven, Zeke, what the hell are you doing? Zeke, you ruined that thing. And he hit you four times with the butt of his gun right on your stubby black muzzle. I saw something in your eyes in that moment. Something I felt many times myself but never saw in another creature. I saw the itch dripped off your cheek with your hot blood and mixed together with the bears to form a black puddle in the grass. You didn't squeal, Ezekiel. You didn't cry. You were a good boy. You stared at the old drunk directly into his puffy eyes, and in that moment, I knew you were mine. My dog. My Ezekiel. 
I rifled through the book of judgment in my mind and decided that Pierre deserved retribution. Not for hitting you, he was in his rights there, but for bastardizing your great name. The prophet Ezekiel's name means God will strengthen. To slice it in half to Zeke is to cripple its power. It is to belittle the very name of God, and for that, he had to render up a sacrifice. Pierre always got drunk on moonshine Saturday nights with the same sad sops every week so that on Sunday mornings he was always still as a grave till noon. So I knew he was dead to the world as I watched him slurping gulps of air from under his furs early on Sunday. And you, Ezekiel, you didn't make a sound as I walked around his shack. You just quietly followed me, stopping to lick a rusted bear trap in the center of the room as if to offer an idea. (laughs) What a good boy. As I was prying the metal trap open quiet as I could, I noticed something that still stands out in my mind. Above the stove was a white quilt with tiny pale blue cornflowers. The quilt was nice and clean. It was made by hand with real affection and carefully folded on the mantle. I took it down and tucked it around the jaws of that iron mouth so that old snoring Pierre wouldn't notice it. You, Ezekiel, just sat with a cocked head as I worked. On my way back from church later that morning, I swung by Pierre's house at just the right time. I could hear the snap-clank of rusty metal and the squeals from outside of his door. I couldn't resist peeking through a slat in the wall, and there I saw Pierre pulling and prying at the wet metal as a clean red pool started slowly pouring over his dirty floor. And you, Ezekiel, you were barking at him and nipping at his wound and were prancing. Yes, you were. You were prancing in the old drunkard's blood. And that's what gave me the tickle. The tickle is the opposite of the itch. It starts at the bottom of my spine and works its way up. Feels like cold, sharp-nailed fingers walking along my bones. It moves around each rib and down my legs and other places. And it ripples out like waves on my skin and I start laughing. But it didn't mean laughing. I never laugh. It's someone else using my mouth. And it feels good. I held my mouth shut to stop it from giving me away to the screaming drunk, and I crept off. About half a mile down the road, as I rounded a corner, you were sitting there waiting for my tail-wagging hunk of bear skin in your mouth, happy as a clam. It's been Deuteronomy and Ezekiel ever since. 
Even when we moved to Nolens, because they were always needing new deputies. There are lots of people there, all of them full of blood. And boy, when we walked down the streets, they parted like the Red Sea to Moses. But then there was that tailor. Skinny little piss of a man with a thin mustache and a ridiculous round hat. I knew he wasn't right with God. Every time I walked by his shop, he would refuse to avert his eyes to give me the respect a man of my station deserves. And then I'd feel the itch just a little bit. The itch always starts in the same way. Three inches behind my eyes, I feel a quiver. Then it gets stronger, and it spreads to my skull and out my ears. Then my face starts to tingle, and soon my whole body is filled with this vibrating scream. And I hate it. Then the tailor had the gall to talk to me about some ne'er-do-wells who were loitering his fancy shop. He kept nervously adjusting his fancy silk tie and saying, Sir, to placate me or something. He even went so far as to try to pet you, Ezekiel, so of course you bit him. A nip, really. Barely drew blood. But then the pissant did something unexpected. He whipped round and struck you square in the face. He instantly cringed like he'd hit himself instead of you. I couldn't hear him apologize over the itch in my head. But now was not the time. This needed planning. I told him I'd take care of his problem. Walked out and got to work. His ne'er-do-wells were only a couple of bywater boys, and they were more than willing to lend a hand. So when I accused the tailor of stealing from his clients, I could easily point out all the jewelry and watches the boys had placed the night before. As God demanded, if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off. So as soon as it was just the tailor and me, I took out my heavy iron blade and did just that. That little tailor shop closed after that. Soon after, he took his beautiful silk tie and hanged himself with it. In a week, his widow followed suit. Then I got to watch his son slowly starve in the streets. I don't know why... But just after that boy died, something happened in that town. People began eyeing me suspiciously. Sheriff started dropping hints that I might want to start looking for some other place to be. As fate would have it, I got a telegram from an old friend. You know, Ezekiel, God is always watching out for us, preparing our path. But you forgot that boy, didn't you? In that moment when I had that steak in my hand. I know you were hungry, but you can't nip me, boy. When you did that, the itch started. I have to tell you, boy, I'm a little disappointed. 
You whined at the end. Yes, you did. As I was pulling out the last of your guts before I removed your beating heart, you let out a small whimper. In that moment, my itch turned into a tickle so fast I thought I would die. A laugh came out of me harder than ever before. So here I am, standing in the center of this new place, this pleasure town. And I made sure you could come with me, boy. With a little work with my blade, I got your fangs to fit snugly on my own teeth. Ain't that neat? Ezekiel and Deuteronomy, just like old times. I think we're going to like it here, boy. I think we'll fit in just fine. We needed law, and we invited chaos. I thought I'd seen my fool monsters back in Mississippi. But ain't nothing could have prepared me for what was to come. As soon as that man crossed our borders, our end was chiseled in the red dirt. How could we have known that it would be made redder with our blood? Hey, Pleasure Town listeners, this is Keith. And this is Aaron. And we just wanted to, first of all, thank you so much for listening to today's show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, the story doesn't end here. There's more. You may have heard that Cyrus and Claude just contracted a sheriff to police the town, and they have some thoughts on this. Yeah, they wrote some journal entries. And where can we read these journal entries, Aaron? I think it's on our website, pleasuretownshow.com or wbez.org slash pleasuretown. Both of those go right to it. And, of course, we are on social media. Uh, We're on them. All of them. All of them. That is Twitter and Facebook. Right. Uh, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Our handle is at PleasureTownOK. Okay and, for Oklahoma. Uh, but yes. okay because we're, no, we're, we're okay. We're okay. We're, we're doing okay. Yes, we are. And then also on Facebook, just search for Pleasure Town and you'll find us. Please follow us there to get more information about our wonderful collaborators and more information about the show as well. And if you like the show, please give us a rate and a review on iTunes. And then also, if you want to contribute at all, any thoughts, feelings, ideas, illustrations, a song or two, whatever you have, we are an open portal for you to pass that stuff along so that you can join the story. That's right. In fact, right now we are looking for last names for Claude and Cyrus. So if you have an idea for a good last name for either Claude or Cyrus, you can head over to our website. Again, that's wbez.org slash pleasuretown and click join the story. This episode of Pleasure Town was written by Aaron Cahoe, Keith Ecker, and Andrew Marikas, with voices by Keith, Aaron, and Don Hall, direction and sound design by Joe Dassault, with production assistance by Patrick Burns. Our interns are me, Emily Modaff, and Allison Agumakun. Original music was composed and performed by River Rising and engineered by Colin Ashmead Bobbitt. Pleasure Town is a part of the WBEZ Podcast Network. Discover more excellent shows like General Admission at WBEZ.org slash podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in another two weeks with a new episode.
At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.